This is Rolling Rocks Radio with Jerry Armentrout, Cody Carter, and Scott Barker. Welcome to another edition of Rolling Rocks Radio, the podcast where we talk about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, mixed martial arts, and anything else we find entertaining, especially the boys. Now that Jerry's getting into that show, but that's a whole nother story. Yep. He's Jerry Armitrout. Hey. I'm Scott Barker. Welcome to today's show. Jerry, we had some fights over the weekend, finally. Well, we're actually at that point where there's going to be a fight every week for the next six, starting last night, which is awesome. Yeah, we had some... We had two titles, and then we had a major fight between the rematch between Yuriana and Ujacek and uh, Whaley. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about that one first because that one, I mean, because the prelims were okay, but they weren't anything, anybody I really interested in. But the main card, especially starting with the last three fights, were yeah. legit. So we have Yuriana, who's been been out for a minute, but almost two years since her last fight with Whaley, which is, in my opinion, should go down as probably top three fights of all time. People are like, oh, it's the greatest women's fight. No, it's one of the greatest fights, fights of period. all time, period. No end of no no just it's one of the greatest fights ever. So they had that five round war and uh Whaley got the decision. Razor thin, but she won the decision and won the title. And Yuana, I mean, if people remember, if not, go back and, and look at Yuana's face. After her she was head was the, swollen. That hematoma she skin. had over her eye was just—it was brutal. These women beat each other, and uh, so Yuana took time off. Whaley lost two in a row to Rose mm-hmm. after that fight. Uh, Rose Namunuz beat her twice. First uh, had that brutal first round, what knockout in the first fight. And then won the decision in the second. Uh, so we were curious, and I remember on Twitter, there were people on Twitter last night before the fight were like, "Man, they want to. They're, they're wondering what fight we're going to see." And one uh, one young lady was like, "She didn't know which who to pick and who, you know." And all I said was, "As a fan, you want to see uh, the same fight we saw before." But I was like, "But also." As a fan, I'm scared to see that same fight because neither one will ever be the same. Yeah. And we saw that last night. Joanna gets dropped unconscious second round with a spinning back fist, and she retires. So, Joanna, your check, mad love for you and much respect. You were the boogeyman of that strawweight division for a long time. Yeah. And she decided that she just – I guess she felt she no longer had it. I mean, she was quick to just – I'm done. And so it'll be it'll be inter- it'll be interesting to see if she changes her mind changes her mind because we've seen that happen yeah. before, right? And it when you're in when these fighters are in the heat of the moment and they're very emotional at the end of a yeah. fight, right? It, it's you think how emotional you get in normal yeah. life yeah. in in you know emotional situations, and sometimes you can make snap decisions. Multiply that times a thousand, and you've yeah. got what these fighters are going through in the ring. So it, it'll be interesting to see if after a, a pardon me after a span of time she maybe revises that idea yeah. um, because I, I thought it was intriguing that we had Joanna and Valentina on the same card yeah. but not together in the ring because I always kind of figured that as Joanna got a little older right we've had the discussion that ladies 
have, a, have harder a harder time, time cutting, cutting weight. weight. I always imagined that at some point she would step up to 125 and fight Valentina. Yeah. I always figured that was going to happen because that would have been that would be a hell of a war. Yeah. With Valentina striking yep. and Joanna striking. striking and yeah. Joanna, yeah, Joanna's got crisp. She's very got crisp combinations, but she's a very forward leaning uh aggressive fighter. Mm-hmm. Uh and she took two years off. She get and so you gotta wonder if she had already decided that if I go in here and I get starched, I'm done. And she didn't say it in all her interviews leading up. She's like, I'm back. I'm ready. I'm ready to be the boogeyman again. I'm gonna take the division back. I'm gonna get my title back. And then she gets just dropped out cold, and she's like, I'm done. So it's maybe she had already made up that mind that if it, you know that if that's what happens, like if she would have either won or lost by a decision. Maybe she continues, but to get dropped like that in the second round, maybe she's just like, you know, and she had already, she had already been interviewed and showed Ariel Hawani and several other people that she's actually making more money while off from fighting than she was fighting. That she's got so much going on that she's financially stable, that she doesn't have to fight. And I think once you get to that point where you're like, I don't have to fight anymore, it's like, do I want to continue getting hit like this? Yeah. Is there is there a reason to damage my body? I mean, she went out. She went out out. Yeah. It was ninety nine out out. So it's one of those things. Like, man, that's you're talking. She's probably wake. She probably woke up this morning to severe concussion. With a knockout like that, she's probably got a concussion. Yeah. She's probably gonna have head issues for a few weeks, maybe a month, maybe longer. And it's like, do I want to continue taking this kind of damage? And I'm not getting any younger, and they're getting faster. Well, and, you know, Chael always makes yeah. – Chael makes a good point. You know, he says when they – as soon as a fighter says one of two things, right, they either say, I'm thinking about retiring, yeah. that means they're retired, yeah. yep. or when they start talking about all the other stuff they've got going on on yeah. top of their fights, yep. that means that they are not long for the ring. Yeah, there's – yeah. I mean, I think that's what you see, you're seeing with Conor McGregor. So it's like he's got – after that fight with Mayweather, he made so much, much money. money. He put his name. His name got out there, dude. He owns a, a, a restaurant that is just packed every night. He's got the pub. He's he doesn't matter. And people are like, "Well, he's lost like four of his last five. Yeah, but who cares? His fans still love him. No one cares. His real fans. His name is still in your mouth. And he's a huge in his home country. He does not care. So, does he come back this year? He says he is. Does he? I don't know. He he's got the money. I mean, he's made so much money now. He sold proper twelve. And he's still the spokesman, so not only did he share his share sell his stake in it for like a hundred fifty million dollars, he's still their spokesperson, so he's still getting buku money for it. Yeah. So his name. I mean, he's making money. I mean, he own, he's part owner of a clothing line. He owns a gym. He. I mean, he's starting to get fighters of his own. Uh, He's got the McGregor fast yeah. training system. Yep. That I mean, so when you're when you're someone like McGregor and you're riding around in a Lamborghini built yacht, it's it's hard to say, yeah, I want to get punched in the face by these young young dudes to to keep fighting for this title. Uh, yeah, it's. But he doesn't have to. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he doesn't have to. But then again, we don't have to do what we do, and we do it anyway. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, and the um, thing the thing about the thing about McGregor is right. He had that blue collar yeah, beginning work, yep. right where he was he was working as a plumber's he apprentice was, yep. 
and he was grinding at the gym while he was trying to feed his mom and yeah. you know his family and you can see that and that really, blue yeah. collar work ethic right because he's got multiple yeah. streams of income he's burning the candle at you know all nine ends or whatever and he's yes. got he's changed yeah. hit the the dynamics of his family yep. for his, generations yeah, his to come. Kid, yeah his kids will never have to work if they don't want to i mean they're he's set them up uh, and yeah, but you can also see a difference in his fighting. When he first come out, I mean, he was that work that workhorse. You could not outwork him. Now he's just, you know, he he's a name now, and it's you know he still trains, but does he have that that killer instinct that he used to? Yeah. I, so I, don't I mean, know. It's, but you never know. He, I mean, he could still come out and kill him because, you know, we, he's we still got it. the atomic yeah. left. I mean, he's yeah, he still he still got it. <coughs> Sorry, but uh. All right, so the uh, co-main event was Valentina, for, you know, versus Talia Santos. Yeah, Talia Santos. I couldn't. I, I was going to call her Thantos, but it's <laughs> Talia Santos, who was nineteen and one. People were sleeping on her. Uh, she was a huge underdog. The odds were minus six thirty. Yeah. Shevchenko plus four fifty yeah. on Santos. Even Dana White was like, "Those odds are crazy," because they're like, "There's y'all sleeping on her." And that fight could have gone either way. Went down to a decision. Uh, yes, uh, Valentina won a unanimous decision, but there's. It was a split decision. Yeah, but yeah, oh, yeah it was. Yeah. But one of them was 49 46. Yes. And it's just like, what? Yeah. What fight were you watching? That was a weird one. Yeah, because it's, yeah, it's 49 46. I mean that's that was the yeah yeah it was a split decision but yeah it was just like it was razor thin. I actually thought Santos was going to win it by decision because she pushed Valentina to the limits, and I have a feeling that unless Valentina decides to go up and wait wait because she just broke the record for the most title defenses in the women's uh, division. She broke run she was tower under Rousey now she's the sole holder. So does she jump up and wait like she keeps talking and fights the winner of Nunez and Pina? Or does she rematch Santos again? Because she'd, you know, if, if she fights Santos again, she had better train a little harder. Because her training, I think, I think she overlooked her too. Because she did a lot of other stuff. Yeah. She was traveling. She was doing this. She, she was, was doing shooting. That. Yeah, she, she was, yeah. yeah. She, yeah, it's like she really wasn't all in like she used to be it's like she kind of overlooked this fight like uh, just another ruby for my belt I'm not really worried and it's like wow this chick almost beats me so if she doesn't move up and wait I can see Dana having a re having a rematch because that's it was it was close, close. enough yeah and it, it was close enough that I think you're right if she doesn't move up and wait there'll be a rematch unless they make Santos fight somebody else First, and then have her have the winner go against Valentina. But if she doesn't move up and wait, I, I think Santos deserves a rematch. Oh, and then, you know, right off the bat, especially with that poor. And Dana White, like I said, Dana White likes Santos, so I, I can see him saying, hey, you know, this, you're fighting her again. Yeah. It was so close. We're going to do this again. And then we had the main event, you know, Grover, Grover Texera versus Jerry Prohistic. And, dude, just – there are stories on both sides. Both these guys are interesting as shit. Grover being 42, uh, 
you know, fighting fighting for so long to finally get that title. Uh, goes in against a much younger, f- furious fighter. I mean, mm-hmm. Prusik is just, he's so fast and aggressive and he's hard hitter. And this fight, I actually, you know, I, I wasn't sure how it was going to go. I actually thought maybe it'd be Grover would would lose and be a like third round TKO because I figured Prezik would just put, put it on him. And it looked like he had moments of that where he was just beating on him. But then Grover just can take a beating and, and he would just he would take some shots and then he would control the rounds. And then the fight looked like Grover had it. He took his back several times. He was, took him down. He dropped him. With a beautiful uh, left, he drops Prusik. He's be- I thought they were going to stop it because mm-hmm. he's just wailing on him. But the ref let it go a little bit because Prusik was still moving. He wasn't quite wobbly, but he was hurt, and Grover couldn't finish him. And then in the fit, late in the fifth round, he you know Prusik was managed to take you know get the take you know get control. He got the back, and then he chokes Grover out. That's, 56 seconds to go. That's the crazy thing. That's the crazy thing is that it was he tapped him out. Yeah. That was you know, I, yeah. I I expected that if, I, I expected to be striking. Yeah, that, I did too. That if there was a submission, it'd be on Grover's side. That he would just wear uh Jerry out and choke and, and submit him in the fourth or fifth round. Because I, you know, it's like if it goes past the third, it's Grover's fight. So once it got past the third, I was like, oh, Grover's got this. He's going to just – and he was winning on the cards. And then they showed it. He won the fight on the cards. The fight, you know, 56 seconds to go, and you won the fight. You know, by, you know judges are clear. You've won the fight. You're going to be your first title defense, and then you are forced to tap. You know? Yeah. And which is no shame, man. That's, there's no shame in that. It's just no. that's, that's, that's a hard pill to swallow to know that you – that you were that close, but I don't know, think about think about Chell Summit. He fought Anderson Silva, won that whole fight up yeah. until up the until end. that last. Yeah, he he was. That was probably his greatest. That was probably his greatest his performance fight ever. Yeah. And to lose it at the, that close, yep, and be and and never really be that close again. Yeah, it's like that that fight broke him. It's like he was never quite. He never got that close again. He never got that whiff again. Yep. I mean, he was just a whiff away from being the champion. Oh, and then he tries to do a monkey roll on Fedor. That was, yeah, that he learned five minutes before the fight <laughs> off of YouTube. You got to love Chell. Fuck okay, it. Okay, well, just try it. Well, Why man, not, Okay, right? let's do this. I mean, yeah, yeah you just got to love Chell. I'm a, a big fan. Yeah, that he's guy. fun. That, I, I sent you that video, right, of yeah. him talking about growing up in the mean streets yeah, of that was awesome. Helena or whatever. Yeah, man, my, our maid only came to... Three days a week, man. Who else? You, who you think put those clothes in the hamper? And put those. Did the dishes? Those other. Those those other days, man. <laughs> he is. He's. He's one of the best guys on the mic you know, ever yeah. when it comes to MMA. There were years my dad struggled to make over a hundred thousand. I mean, you know, it's <laughs> like the dude is just awesome. I was well. I mean, these guys don't he, know what it's like. Yeah, he he's putting that stuff out and. And then you, but whenever I hear him talk, it all you know he got his he got his style watching Ric Flair, and yeah. he'll admit it. And we got Ric Flair. I watched. I've been watching him train. He's been posting video of him training. To be seventy plus years old, 
He's still taking. Hey, he's training with his new son-in-law. He's still and he's taking, taking falls from the top row. Yeah, he's taking good bumps. He's. I mean, you're 73 and you're allowing your monster of a son-in-law to catch you on the top rope and power slam you from the top rope and getting kicked and stomped and dropped and it's like dude that is that's legit to be not that long ago he was fighting for his it was like what four or five years ago he was fighting for his life yeah all his organs were failing and he survives that and he just like turns his life around he's like dude just like totally different guy and he's healthy as hell and I mean, I, I'm, I want to be that full of it. And then he's got a new product. He's got a new sponsor called Mount Everest. Mount Everest. I've heard the ads; they're awesome. It's a uh, an ED. Have... It's an ED pill. Oh. And it's called Mount Everest after him. And it is woo. Gonna get you ready. That's awesome. He does the ads for it, and it's, they call it Mount Everest, baby. That is it's awesome. Like, that is legit. And he's he's got a new line of weed. With uh, Mike Tyson, it, that's going to be some serious week. Cause did you see, uh, did you see Rogan go on? Um, oh shit! What is the kid's name? Um, the Italian comedian that uh, Andrew Schultz. Yeah, oh, yeah. Did you see him go on Andrew Schultz's podcast? They started smoking Tyson weed, and they went Tyson stuff. Will kill you, dude. They were on another. another yeah, I, it's another I mean, level. Rogan he, likes to smoke, and Rogan was on another planet. Rogan messed up and was eating those edibles, and then he's like, "I gotta go." Oh. He's like, "I gotta be on stage oh. in thirty minutes," and he looked like he was gone. It's like, dude, I think because that, that was Joey Diaz's stuff. Oh. It's like Diaz has his own edibles now, and he's like, "We shouldn't have ate them." It's like, dude, it's Joey Diaz. Dude talks about eating like five stars of death. I mean, is he right? And he's like, and then I get a little, I get a little buzz, man. I feel it's like you wait, what? It's like, when, when, when he when, get him when, one of the stars of death, motherfucker. When, when, when Coco Diaz is eating like five stars of death and decides this isn't strong enough, I'm gonna make my own shit. And yeah. then Rogan's like, oh, I'm gonna go try some of this before then, I have to perform. Before I have to perform, and it's like, dude, you you got a death wish, homie. Ah, I, what's that? It's like, what's the name of, you know, what's the name of his stuff? You know, yeah, Death Stars of Death or something. It's like, what the? Yeah, I love, I love Coco. I don't Coco's know. awesome. He's awesome. He is just, he is one of the funniest dudes. I mean, yeah. he really is. I love, I love when they try to cancel him, and it's just like, <sighs> he just his response was just like, whatever. He just did not care, and he's just like. You're going to try and cancel me for stuff I talked about that happened in the 70s. Right. You think now all of a sudden, it's like, dude, I've, I've been in prison. I've done a lot of shit. You really think me talking about some shit I did when I was a kid is going to, like, offend me now? Or I'm supposed to be humble about shit I did when I was a kid? So, well, man, it took me a long time to apologize to a guy I put in the trunk of my car. <laughs> and right. robbed him. And he was a friend. Well, it's like... um. Have you seen all the stuff with some of the gun and knife companies on Instagram? They're getting popped yeah. for posts they put up yeah. two or three years ago. Yeah, they're trying. Yeah, they're going so that they can control the social media. Yeah. Well, you put up a picture of this, or you advertise this for sale, so we're going to block you now. Or we're going to limit what you can do. It's like, okay, you know, do what you got to do. And but that's that's what that's where we're at. Hey, let's not prosecute gun crimes. Let's just ban guns. Let's not actually prosecute people in the laws we already have on the books. Yeah. You know, I'm, 
Yeah, um, let's just just put it that way. There's there's a lot there's a lot going on in this world. We won't get in, we we try to stay away from politics, but yeah, it's there's a whole lot going on. Yeah, I mean, they recalled the DA in San Francisco. They finally had enough of, of his what stuff, he was doing. Yeah, which that yeah. Again, politics. They're to, yeah, they're going to recall the the district attorney in L.A. because he's even worse. It's yeah, it's crazy. Well, what you get, what you vote for. Well, th- this is true, right? And that's the that's the conundrum, right? Yeah. Is you 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 vote for something because it sounds great, and they give these great speeches about things, and then you realize what actually what he's talking about means to your personal welfare and being and self. What it means to you when they don't prosecute crimes anymore? Well, it's coming down to quality of life, right? Yeah. People are seeing the quality of life de- decline, yeah. especially and, in San Francisco and LA. Yeah, <clears throat> San Francisco just used to be a beautiful, yep. beautiful city, yep. and it's now people, just, yeah, people are moving out in droves. I mean, California is losing congressional seats, so we're in, so is New York. Yeah, that tells you something. So many people have moved out; they're losing congressional seats. But, okay, let's move on. Yeah. So not only did um, uh, Joanna retire, but so did Felice Herrig. She retired she, last week. A yeah, weeks but ago. she she'd already she, she was one of the ones that already decided that she was like she'd been out for a minute with her knee injury. She's making buku money off other stuff. She's she was not she wasn't going to fight again for a title. Yeah, she was just going to be. Either the main event on the you know on the prelims, or maybe if she was lucky, if she would have won, she might have been a curtain. She might have been the you know might have got a pay per view where she was the first fight, but she was she was no, knew she was mid card at best. Yeah, uh, there's too many people out. There's too many women now there that that are just look savages, and I think she decided that hey, I make I'm making enough money doing other stuff. Again, I don't need to take a take this kind of beating. Yeah, and she got dominated, and she. But you can see in that fight, she gave up. She's just like, "I don't want to be here," and she quit. Well, it's you know we talked about it a minute ago. Like when they say, you know, this is my last fight. It's like I'm gonna see how this fight goes and decide whether I'm gonna retire or not. You're All right, out. you've already retired. Yeah, you've already retired. I mean, that's. Yeah. I've I've never seen somebody say that. And then have a good fight, and then say, "No, nah, I've changed my mind. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna stay in." They may take a, a little bit of time off and decide to unretire, yeah. like Cejudo's talking about. You know, some yeah, of he's going to come back. Yeah, but you know, nobody, nobody says, "I'm going to see how this fight goes," and then stay in. It yeah. just doesn't happen, especially getting dominated like that. Her, you saw. I'm sure you saw the pictures on Instagram of the day yeah. after of her face. She was bruised up pretty good. Yeah, she her, took yeah, a, her, yeah, her face was black and blue. Her her shoulder, she had a nice bruise on her shoulder. Yeah, she took a. I mean, and that's just what she's showing you. Her body was. She probably had bruises all over her abdomen. Oh, yeah. She took a lot of body shots, a lot of kicks. She took a nasty kick to the side. Yeah, she's and, she's probably bruised up from you know nose to nose to waist probably because yeah. she didn't take a lot of leg shots. But yeah, she took a few her knee her knee, but she got if it went longer her knee would you know she was yeah. a little nervous about her knee. And again, you start taking leg shots, you 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 just come back from a knee surgery. Yeah. Do you want to keep letting someone kick that knee? And um, an opponent's going to kick yeah. the knee, right? Yeah. I mean, it's that's, yeah, leg kicks are a part of it, and especially if they think that that's compromised. Yeah. They're gonna they're gonna target it. 
it, it there's been it's and there's been uh, there's been discussions about that teep to the knee, yeah. right? There's a lot of people who are like, I want that kick illegal, and it's like, well, it's part of MMA. Yeah, it's. I mean, there's a lot of other. Th- I mean, why is the teep to the knee a problem, but a question mark kick to the side of the head not? Yeah, I mean, while flying in. If how is a question? Okay, how is a question mark kick okay? Yeah. But a fucking 12-6 elbow isn't. Well, well, yeah, you get into these, you get into these things like, okay, if you think a teep is bad, it's because it targets the knee. Well, what about that flying knee? You run right up the middle and throw a flying knee to someone's chin. You don't think that's not explosive? Or when if they're not complete, if they don't have uh, enough contact with the ground, you let, throwing those knees in a clinch. Yeah. And just blasting dudes. I mean, how's that? You know, any different? You know. I know you. You know it's always the guy who takes a knee job. Oh, oh they shouldn't be allowed to do a teep to the knee. Well, I mean, you can do it back. Yeah. You know it's part of the thing. Watch where you put your knee. You know the guy. If especially if the guy's got a good Muay Thai background, he's probably going to at least try to teep. And most of them aren't aiming at the knee. They kick the the hamstring. They're kicking the thigh. Yeah. The knee. I mean, because trying to target someone's knee as a and you know in a moving point person is isn't that easy. Well, a lot of times throw, it's just you throw wrong, yeah. and it's worse for mm-hmm. you. And a lot of times they're teeping to that upper thigh to take away their mobility, and the knee gets compromised. So it's not like guys are out there like, yep, I'm going to target that knee. No, they're kick. I'd be more worried about that low kick. Yeah, that they're kicking either right below or right above the knee repeatedly. That's the one you got to worry about. That's the one that compromises your knee. That front teep. Normally, if they hit the knee, it's just. Because they were moving back or moving in, and it just that's what happened. Yeah, they're not sitting there like, "Yep, I'm going to target that knee." Because yeah, if you do it wrong, you're going to hurt yourself. You'll break your foot, and then then you're hobbling, and the guy's going to beat you because yeah. you can't move no more. Well, well, it's like when you Anderson broke his shin yeah. on Weidman, and Weidman broke and his he, shin yeah. on Anderson. You know, it's, and McGregor broke his ankle, on, yeah. you know, throwing his kick. So I mean, if you don't do them right, you hurt yourself more. Mm-hmm. So this whole, oh, I think this should be bad. I mean, we get into that slippery slope when we start talking about banning things. I mean, it's bad enough you can't, yeah, you can't do a 12-6 elbow. I mean, they took out the soccer kick. You can't kick apart, you can't knee, knee a guy knee to, knee to a grand opponent. opponent. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, there's already rule set. That's not add anymore or take I, anything else I still away. think we go back to no eye gouging, yeah. no fish hooking, yeah, and no small get, joint manipulation. Yep, and we'll leave get it to at it. that. And just get to it. Well, it's hard to do small joint manipulation when they've got those gloves on. Yeah. Because those gloves, you can't really grab one finger alone because they protect. They go up pretty high. They go past the knuckles. So it's, it, it'd be hard to do single finger, you know, maybe the thumb. Yeah. But, yeah, I, you know, no biting, no fish hooking, no eye gouging. Get it on. Yeah. I'd say no groin shots just because. Well, I mean, if you're wearing a cup, right? You should wear that iron dome. Yeah, get, get one of those one that hurt the iron guy. cups. The that, one that hurts the guy if he kicks you there, dude. You heard, well, you heard the story about Kenny Florian. He used to wear those fucking diamond, yeah, Muay Thai cups in jujitsu competitions. Yeah. He said all I'd have to do is take back, yeah, and then just grind and hips it, yeah. in, and they'd be like, okay, I, I, yeah, they would tap out. Yeah. Because they thought they were getting their spine broken. Yeah, because yeah, he's using his, he's using his, he's really, really, really putting that pelvis into motion. He's using them hips, hips in, hips in. Hips don't lie. Yeah, that's what I keep telling everybody. That's what I keep telling all the white belts. Hips yep. don't lie in jujitsu. Yep. yep, pay attention. It's like when you just start standing with people, and it's like you know, and I have a, I have an awkward stance when I, st- you know, we do stand up, and they're, they're like, what are you doing? Because I don't look at their face. It's like I don't care about your face. I'm worried yeah. about where your hips are moving. Because everything. 
I'm going to do dictates where your hips are, you know, and I don't need to look at your face. Don't care what you look like. We're ugly. You know, we're not, you know, we're not in here for that, you know. You know, I'm not looking at your face. I'm watching your hips. And, you know, from there I can decide everything I need to do. Yep, exactly. Uh, anything else on the fights? No, I mean, we've got, uh, they announced for sure we got Kamara Usman Edwards in August. Yep. Uh, in July 2nd, you've got Israel and Cannoneer, which I am not. Not, not feeling that one? That one is just, it's like, man, that is like Israel. As long as Israel shows up, that's probably going to be over in the first. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be like a, uh, as long as Cannoneer doesn't go stupid in press conferences, it's probably going to be a mercy killing in the second. <laughs> but if he gets to run in that mouth like Paula Costa, I can see Israel doing the same thing he did to Paula, <laughs> riding it, you know, putting him out and then riding, you know, riding him. Oh God, that was that is one of those. Just yeah, like, that's that is something you're going to have to live with for the rest of your life. That's that going to be so much trash. And then you get dominated so bad that guy's literally sitting on your ass. You're in turtle, and he's riding you like a cowboy. Uh, and Israel, 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 hey, Israel lost some money last night because he bet on Joanna. He did, yeah. <laughs> he, he bet out like a, a million pounds on her or something. Yeah, he had a big bet, and he, it well, did he not go a, well. He had a big bet on uh, on Tashera too, didn't he? No, he bet on Jerry did in a knockout. Okay, and instead it went by submission. So I don't, he don't get paid for that either. He lost. Yeah, he lost. I mean, which I mean, it says money. We're not. I'm just like, you know, it shows you that you know. I I I was torn between. And, you know, I was wrong about the fight because I figured if it went past the third. But then again, on the scorecard, I was right. It went past the third. It was Grover's fight, and it was until you know you get that weird. You get, yeah, yep. you get that it's position. That really and it happens. And it happens. I mean, that's why it's the fight game. You never really know. No. Nope, Underdogs nope. pull some stuff out. <clears throat> yep, that's for sure. And I still wish I'd have bet on that that one Roxanne Modafferi yeah. fight where she was like minus eight fifty or yeah. something because you could turn a hundred bucks into a thousand real, real quick. Thick. Yeah, people don't understand though when you, especially if you take the odds. And stuff, you know, I mess around with DraftKings some here and there, but a lot of times, what I if I if I do it, it's just like either I'll do the pick a fight, pick pick your team, and for like a quarter, I don't I'm I don't really get into it for a lot of money, or I'll do the where the UFC will have uh, uh, it'll be sponsored by somebody where you can win money and you just have to pick like who lands the most shots, does this how how long does this fight go, and you do like a pick thing, and then whoever gets the most picks right, and then you get money and stuff i do those but yeah I, i'm not much i don't get into the whole gambling thing i know people are like i know guys that would literally that i used to work with that would do the draft get anything put big money on the on the fights and have no idea who these people are and they'll be asking me who i was like dude you're asking my advice on fights and you're putting a lot of money on these guys and you have no idea who these people are it's like you might want to do your own research. Yeah. Well, but you, I was like, yeah, dude, I know, I, I know who these fighters are, but I, I'm, I'm not giving you advice on bets. That's not what you know. That's not what I do. It's like you want to, you want to, you know. There's shows for that. That's not me, man. We were, my wife and I were talking to a, a friend of ours in Harrisonburg, and he was, um, we we mentioned horses and that you know we have horses and my wife rides and he was like, oh, I, I really want to go to the. I really want to go to the track and bet on some horses. Do you have Do you have any tips on how to pick a good, strong horse? And it's just like, 
dude, this is not something you just like get some tips yeah. and then go yeah. drop a thousand dollars on. Yeah. You know, I'll take Ragged Old Bay and you know yeah. to win and flea bag yeah. the show. You know. Yeah, I mean it's it's yeah it's it's I mean. And then when he would, I gave him one one thing once. I was like, man, I would take the underdog in that. And I can't remember who it was. I was like, I take the underdog because I think it's going to go this way. And he, he, he's like, oh, you're stupid. That's a huge underdog. I'm not betting on that. And then the underdog won. Yeah. And he's like, man, she, I was like, dude. I told you. I was like, I told you, man. I was don't, like, do, you don't, don't want to take my advice when I give it to you? I'm not giving you any more. Don't, but who, yeah. Who's a better fighter? I don't you look it up, man. Go, it yeah. takes you do, thirty do seconds. Research. Do your own research, bro. Well, not that Make hard. your own picks. I'm not. I'm not your betting guru. You, you know, I give you one that you could have won a lot of money on, and you, you, you didn't. You hemmed and hawed and talked shit about how I didn't know what I'm talking about, and then the fight goes exactly as I said it would. And now you want me to give you more advice? Nope. You didn't take the first one. I ain't giving you any more. Yep. You didn't want that taste? I ain't, ain't going to be your supplier. <laughs> <laughs> Get you on the hook. All right, man. Well, we will hear from episode uh, 11 special guest Matt Warner, his new novel, Mage Tech Duet, and we will be right back. <clears throat> yep. When I started work as a hitman for the psychic underworld, I was cool with it. The world needed washing of that special stain of filth known as other people, and I was the cleaner. Know what I'm saying? And I'm good at my job. Man with the Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt and reverse-engineered alien tech. I'm the meanest mother you ever met. So when my boss told me to cap that recording artist, Eva, I had no problem with that. Send her to hell with my black hole shotgun if that's what it takes. But then I started having feelings for her. Damn. And then I met her six-year-old boy. And I ain't capping a kid. So it's gonna be me, Samuel Coventry, against the whole mafia. I hear they got fancy crap like tactical time travel devices. Well, so be it. Capping a chump is gravy. Capping a poser? That's gravy on rice. You wanna hear more? I'm telling my whole story to author Matthew Warner in a book called Mage Tech Duet. It's available only on Amazon Kindle. More information at MatthewWarner.com. And we're back. All right, so Jiu-Jitsu Corner this week. I had a thought, Jerry, after we talked to Brian uh, to Coach Brian Caldwell last week, is we had a good little discussion on flow state. And uh, I saw some discussion on the, on the socials this week about flow state and some white belts were asking about flow state and how to get into flow state. And I want to talk a little bit about flow state and what flow state needs to happen. Because I, I, I was thinking about this and there's, a, there's an interesting connection here. In order to be able to get into flow state and, and get get into that position and be able to have a good flowing role where you, you're just kind of reacting to what your opponent gives you and you're going back and forth, you got to drill. Yeah. Because flow state needs information. Flow state needs motor engrams. It needs most muscle memory. 
Exactly. It needs muscle memory. And so you can't flow state. I think there's a, a misunderstanding that flow state is this magical place where your brain opens up. Serenity to, now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, your flow state. Your, your brain opens up to the universe and, and you're, you're accessing the, the total consciousness of reality and you can tap in to Hicks and Gracie's, you yeah. know, whatever. No. Flow state is dependent on what you've learned. Yeah. And if yeah, you, you haven't learned brand, shit, you don't see a brand new white belt tapping into flow state. You know, you got to be careful with a brand new white belt when you're trying to talk about flow rolling because they have no idea. They have no. Clue. Our coach is still constantly like, no submissions, let go. Just you should be give and you know give giving and taking back and forth. That's how it should be. One guy does something, the other guy does something back. That's how we should be doing flow roll. Then again, there's you know there's always me and Scott when we yeah, flow rolling. Yeah, about there's forty five seconds in, someone's trying for a submission. Yeah, there's balloon sweeps and yeah, we, we, paper cutters and, and all slams. Yeah, that's we, we, slams. We 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 we've but that's us. I mean, yeah. that's just how we go. Gen- yeah, generally it's like, hey Jerry, you want a flow roll? Yeah, sure. Let's start standing. Then and the yeah. violence and the violence continues. Yeah. So, but, but flow state, yeah. uh, like I said, flow state depends on what you've already learned it yeah. depends on that muscle memory and it's hard to get into flow state if there's nothing for your subconscious to access yeah in that moment so if you know if you're starting in jiu-jitsu or you know maybe you're a two or three stripe white belt and you feel like you're not having these instinctual roles or these flow state roles that you think you should be having one curb your enthusiasm yeah Two, look at how much you're drilling because it you're not going to be able you're not going to have that that reservoir of technique to pull from if you're not drilling and you're not committing these things these techniques to muscle memory. Yeah. Um, like Jerry just said. Uh, so if you want to get into flow state, great. But man, it comes back. We talk about it a lot, but it comes back to drilling. Yeah. Because you're not going to be able to pull off the thing. In, in a roll, in, in a full speed roll, if you're not drilling it at slow speed, getting a lot of reps. Yeah, don't, when, when, your coaches, when your coaches give you the drill for the day, you know, maybe you go over two or three positions, because typically that's how ours goes. I know all schools are different, but here it's our coach will do one normally, we'll do a lot of times we'll do one stand up, one self defense, and then we'll do like a ground technique. And sometimes we'll deviate, depends, but in, but he gives us plenty of time to drill it. And you'll see people, they'll drill it two or three times and they're just sitting there talking. It's like, use that opportunity to keep drill, keep drilling, keep drilling. You know, there's moments where someone else, I, I, I love working with other you know, new people, but it also, they'll start asking questions like, let's, I, this ain't the time for what ifs, let's just keep drilling. You know, we need reps, we need reps. I need reps too, so I know you, you just did six but I need my reps too. I need to do this too because I'm not going to get better even though we've done this position, you know, 60 times since I've been here. I still need – there's still a little caveat I might have missed. I want to drill it too. And, you know, like we were going over the scissor sweep in uh, Tuesday's class, an advanced class, and because one of our upper belts, the way he sets it up, he doesn't do the knee to the seat belt. He keeps his foot. He keeps his knee low, right across the abdomen, mm-hmm. and he will land scissor sweeps on pretty much everybody with that because the way he sets it up, and because he's like, you know, 
if I do the seatbelt, if they're bigger, stronger, they're going to push my knee down anyway. So I learned to do adapt to keep my knee low because I'm more mobile there. And it's just like, like, you know, light bulb. Now, you know, now I know how he keeps catching me with that sweep <clears throat> because I'm pushing the knee down thinking I'm safe and he's still catching it. And, you know, now I started defending that sweep and he's moving on to something else, but which is, again, a win on mine that I'm forcing him to then do something different. But it's drilling. I mean, I, we were in here Thursday night and we were doing uh, turtle escapes and we, it was a roll from turtle. As soon as you hit turtle, you roll again. And it's like, yeah, you know, after three or four times, like, oh, I think I got it. No, let's keep going. Let's do it again. No, no, grab, grab a hold. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's keep going because I need those reps too. I need those reps. And, you know, a lot, especially a lot of white belts think that because we have collared belts and we've been doing this a while that somehow we don't need the reps too. It's like, no, no, man, this ain't all about you. I need my time too. Yeah. Man. This, this, I need my reps. So you need to get, quit breathing heavy and get back in here. Well, it's like uh, if you've ever read a book multiple times, yeah. right? I mean, the white belt is when you read the book the first time, yeah. right? It's the blue belt and purple belt and brown belt, the upper belt levels. It's rereading that book and you're finding the little yeah, details, details and you're finding the little connections that you missed the first yeah. time around, right? I mean, you read, I'm going to give away some priors here, but you read Atlas Shrugged. Yeah. The first time you're like, oh. I kind of understand this, right? But every time you read it, you you figure out a little bit more, yeah. a little bit more, and a little bit more. And that's, that's, yeah, yeah, reading a complicated book. We're not yeah. talking about reading, you know, something simple, but you know, reading a complicated book, and it's just like, oh, I missed it the first time. Yeah, oh, I missed that. You know, except for Catcher in the Rye, don't read that. Don't read Catcher in the Rye unless they make you in school and I apologize. Just read it. Do you do your work? Take the test and then move on and read. Follow it up with. I tell you what, read Catcher in the Rye and then follow up with Slaughterhouse Five. Five, yep. You'll see the difference in, yep. in writing. Catch 22. The two books yes. I, for high school kids, if there's any high school kids, and if you didn't read them in high school, read them now. The two books I cannot str more strongly recommend you read is Slaughterhouse Five and Catch 22. I would, I would add. Don't watch the movies first. No. And Neck at Lunch. Neck at Lunch, you can add. Get a little Bukowski in yeah, there. Yeah. Um, and then I would also do the Rum Diaries. Yes. Get a but, little Hunter S. Thompson. But read, read Hunter S. Thompson in your, in your mid to late 20s when you've got a little life. Don't read that in high school because you're not going to understand. You know what? You have, right. to have, you have to have a little bit of life that, before you understand the Rum Diaries. That's like, that's like trying to read Henry Miller yeah. when you can't drink yeah, yet. Yeah. That's, you, you've got, yeah. you, you can't, I mean, well, it's like trying to read Bukowski. You will not understand his his writing until you've had your until you've been until your your late 20s 30s or even 40s when you've had a bad divorce a really bad relationship you've had some heartbreak in your life then you'll understand Bukowski man because yeah I mean some of his he writes you know a lot of his stuff was like three or four sentences they weren't you know not not one of these you know a lot of his stuff were just short things and it's just like but they're so powerful because it's from his heart you know, just him, you know, it's just little things, like, you know. But, yeah, you, Hunter S. Thompson, man, you better live live some life before you read Hunter, Hunter S. Thompson. You're not going to understand. You're not going to understand any of that until you do. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's you know. Well, you're talking about re read it and reread it, read it, Moby Dick. Read re Moby Dick and yes. then reread it and reread it and reread it. I mean, yes. it's like jujitsu, man, because you, you're going to see little things in that. It's like uh, if y'all ain't seen it, Warrior, 
is a great movie and their, their fathers and they're listening to Moby Dick on audio over and over and over again. He listens to it nonstop. It's because there's always these little things in it. And it's, you know, the pursuit of that. Yeah. One thing to the, to the detriment of your entire life. Well, and Gawkins kind of talks about yeah. it too, right? Because he was, he, he, I saw a thing on uh, Insta last night where he was talking about when you get obsessed with something, mm-hmm. it's okay to be a little unbalanced because yeah. everybody talks about, and we've talked about it before yeah. too, right? You, you balancing the macro versus the micro, but he's like, it's okay to be unbalanced when you're obsessed with something because in order to do... To be great at it. To yeah. be extraordinary, you can't live a normal life, right? Yeah, I mean, think about it. Up at 5 a.m. on a Sunday to come train. Yeah. And people are like, oh my God, I can't get up that early. Okay. Well, I'm not asking you to, man. I'm just saying that's what I do. You train through, you do this stuff four, four days a week? Yeah. Doesn't it hurt? Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. Well, it, you know. Jerry and I were talking before the show. You know, my, my wife has started riding horses again. We get up at four o'clock in the morning, just about every morning the last two weeks to make it to the barn and so she can ride before, before work every day. So, I mean, if there's something you want to do, Dude, you're going to have to figure out how to do it. And it is not, if you want to be good at it and it means a lot to you. There's sacrifices. There's there. going to be sacrifices. You have to sacrifice to be to be great. Yep. There's, you probably count on one hand guys and women who have, who are just born with a natural ability to where they've never learned how to make a sacrifice. Most people, you'll see a lot of these people think that that, that, that girl that just wins you know, she just set the world record in, in a race. You know, they think it's just natural. Now that, that girl's up every morning probably at 3, working out before school, training at after school, nonstop, training every weekend, giving up her social life to be that great. I mean, Emma Corbin, she's a uh, long-distance runner, and she friends with Cameron Haynes. And you, you, I started following her, oh, and she, I mean, she's give she's given up so much. She talks about how much she sacrificed to be that good. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cameron Haynes, dude gets up and runs a marathon before work. Yeah, and he then, works, and I mean, everyone's like, you know, they talk. And you see these people make these snide oh, it comments. It must be easy. It must be nice. They no, make these, it's not. Make these snide comments about him hunting or doing this. And it's like the dude is up at like four a.m. and he runs before work. Works an eight to five job, you know. Works a day, you know, a regular job. Then <clears throat> at lunchtime he's training. Then he goes home and he trains, dude. I mean, he puts up videos of him shooting his bow in his bathrobe because he's taking a few minutes when he has it. Yep. You take you take those opportunities. It's the difference. Is like he has a life, he has a family, but he's finding the time. And it's also, I mean, it's great if you can include your your significant other in what you're doing. Or at least they understand it and they support it. Yeah. Because if they don't support it, you're probably... You're, it's going to yeah. be hard. Yeah. It's going to be hard. Well, and you know, this is this is kind of getting a little bit into like one of the topics in my mini rant. But, you know, Goggins, he's got a, a quote that said, if you can get through doing the things you hate to do, yeah. on the other side is greatness. Yeah. Imagine how amazing our lives would be if all we did is keep the promises we make to ourselves. Yeah. 
and you know, and you mentioned Cameron Haynes getting you know, getting his reps in when he can. You want to, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get up early in the morning and work out. I want to start doing. You know what? Find the time, right? You're, I'm gonna, you know, whatever my example is, right? I'm between conference calls. I'm doing air squats between yeah. conference calls. I'm swinging a kettlebell between meetings, because I, I can do it. I can work from home, right? But go for a run at lunch. Just imagine how great our life would be if we kept the promise, if we focused on keeping the promises we make to ourselves and then extend that into your normal life. Mike Tyson, do the things you hate like you love them. Yep. That's how you become great. That's discipline. That's how you become great is doing the things you hate to do like you love them. Because, I mean, mean, Jocko's talked about, we've talked about on here, motivation and someone inspiring you only gets you so far. Discipline carries you through. Yep. You know, watching a movie or reading a book or seeing someone's Instagram post, oh, yeah, I'm going to get up in the morning and work out. You do it one day and then, man, I'm not getting up. You know, you got to have that discipline to continue to do it because inspiration falls away, man. Yep. You got, you know, type only gets you so far. Discipline and obsession yep. is what carries you through. Yep. And, you know, it's, you know, me rolling out of bed this morning at 5 a.m. when I didn't sleep that well, tossed and turned a lot. And it's like, yep. Still getting up, coming in because I said I'd be here. Yep. And you know, is and that's the funny thing, you know. It, well, it's not funny, but I I'm bad about keeping the promises I make to myself. Yeah. It's a lot easier for me to keep promises I make me to does. other people. And sometimes you get a point to where you compromise the promises you make to yourself to make somebody else happy. Mm-hmm. And you, you find I, I've done it. I mean, you. There is compromises sometimes you have to make, but There's, you, you. Yeah, there are compromises you make because there are other people in your life, yeah. but that doesn't mean you're compromising the, the yeah. ethic or, you have or the, to, the meaning, right? You have, yeah, you have to find a happy medium, but you also have to be true to yourself. Yeah, and sometimes you have to be selfish. Well, Jordan Peterson, in in uh, Twelve Rules for Life, he said, "Treat yourself like a person you're trying to take care of." Yeah. You, I mean, that's what, yeah, that's what, I think that's what leads a lot of couples to divorce is that they start, they stop taking care of themselves. And then they, then after a few years, they resent their, yes, their significant other because they feel like they've given up so much of themselves to make the other person happy. And now they resent them. Yep. For it. I, I 100% agree. It's, it, it's, it's the resentment that drives. And instead that. of talking about it, they just resent each other and they get divorced. Yeah, and you know, and something. I mean, there's you have to be. Sometimes you have to be selfish. It's like this is what I'm going to do. Either and if someone truly supports and cares, then they should be like, okay. I mean, yep. Dude, just like you know, telling my wife, hey, babe, I uh, I took a fight. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, what? Yeah, I took a fight. What the what? The, you know, literally, she was like, what do you mean you took a fight? Yeah, I'm going to fight Saturday. And this was a Tuesday night. She's like, Saturday? <laughs> who are you fighting? I don't know. I don't know. You don't even know who you're fighting? What no. weight class? I don't, I don't know. know. What do you mean? Anyways, you know, I, well, I, I'm not going to watch you get hurt. Okay. And that was how it was going to be. I was like, well, I'm still going. And then it was, you know, because I decided I really wanted to do it. And I'd rather ask forgiveness and permission. And because there's some things you, you just have to live that mantra. And... We got, we got to Friday, and my wife was like, Friday night, she was like, fine, I want to go. But this is, the, this is my rules for me going. And she was like, I, ha- I want to stay with you until you walk out, and I want to be front row. 
It's like, okay. And I called my coach, and she's like, oh, that's easy. And we made it happen. And, you know, she supported me in, the, in, in my fight. So, you know, and I support her and stuff she does. But, you know, but sometimes, you, again, you had to be, I had to be selfish and say, this is what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't support you. I'm, I'm still doing it. Because I, I won't know, I will never know how I, how I match up, you know, and how, what it means until I actually be able to climb into a ring. And, and go do and, it. Against a stranger. It's one thing to spar in your gym with people you know because you don't know if they're they're, go, they're going 100% or not. Are you going 100% because you know this guy? Yeah. You know, you have, he has to go to work the next day. He's got, you don't want to hurt him. He don't want to hurt you. But you get into a ring with a perfect stranger, there's, you, you know, I don't care. And, you know, you have to see how you how you rate. And, and luckily my wife finally decided that I was not going to not go that even if I had to go by myself, I was going. And she decided, okay, I will support you in this, even though I don't like it, because she didn't want to see me get hurt. And I understand that too, but she also knew that it's something I had to do. Yep. So, I mean, it's good to be, it's, you have to be selfish, but you also have, especially if you're in, in, a, in a committed relationship, you also have to allow your significant other to be sometimes be selfish too. Yeah. And it's hard, it's hard to balance everything but you like we just said you have to find those moments i find my moments a lot of times like you know getting up this morning you know a lot of times my family's still asleep and i have a teenage son so he a lot of times ain't even wait till after i get home there's a zach small um posted something on twitter uh, a couple weeks ago brother brother zach small who we've had on the show he uh he said there's nothing better than getting out of bed there's nothing better than leaving a hot woman in bed early in the morning to go get it on yeah there yeah i mean there's like this morning man my wife was laying beside me the house was quiet dark you know we have rain in our in our locality this weekend so it's dark and dreary the sun ain't, ain't out and it's just like i'm comfortable and i'm warm and you know the house is peaceful it's like a pretty woman beside yeah. me. I, I mean, yeah, I woke up at. I, I've been I've been awake, fully awake since four thirty, and I woke up way before my alarm, and I cut it off so I wouldn't disturb my wife. And she had to get up. She ended up getting up same time as me because she had to go uh, make a morning call. But and then our our dog kept her up, so she but she actually said she's like I f- went, you know, I te- she texted me a little while later. She's like I dozed, I fell back to sleep on the couch. It's like I don't care, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, I mean that's always that was always an issue. You get up early in the morning to go train, and you know my wife's in bed, or I, you know, instead of going home and eating dinner with my wife and, and son, I'd come to the gym, and then I, you know, make up the time with my wife and son on the weekends. You know, in between, there's there's sacrifices, sacrifices but you also have to try to keep keep them happy too. Yep. Balance and unbalance. Yep. Session. Yep. My wife's like, you get addicted to stuff. Yes. Mm, yep. But not, yeah, but not bad stuff, you know. It's just like I'm, I'm addicted to, like, jujitsu and, and, and different things. I'm not addicted to crack and meth. I'm well, addicted to, to, to this. That, that's, that's, that's why I tried to find something. That's why I found jujitsu is because I wanted to yeah. – 
not fill not 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 fill the need for addiction with something else. I had to find a healthy addiction. <laughs> healthy is a little. Well, yeah, cause yeah. Yeah, because we get to sit here and list off all all, all, all the all injuries, my, all, how my body feels on a daily basis. <laughs> but it's still healthier than crack. Yeah. Shows a picture of uh, Wilford Brimley. Jiu-Jitsu is great for my body. Jimmy, 26. Yeah, yeah. Good. I got the diabetes. <laughs> diabetes. This is good for my diabetes. I'm pretty sure I have diabetes after that coffee, but whatever. Oh, my God. That's, oh, that's, okay, that's, yeah, that so was, let's let's yeah. talk about that real quick because oh, I posted the video and uh, that of having the, the challenge coffee from the, the round table, and Jerry did his. I, I'll tell you what, that – I. I Four shots of espresso and all that sugar. I'm yeah. pretty sure I could hear colors after I drink yeah, that man. coffee. Yeah, man. I could tell you what purple smells like. Yeah, it doesn't smell, smell like what you think yeah. it smells like yeah. either. But my my favorite was the fact that apparently you scared the shit I scared out of the barista. The, the poor barista. She didn't even give me my drink. She she put it down and, and disappeared. Some other young girl had to bring come over and give it to me. I have no idea what I did. Obviously, I'm not I'm not a typical customer because I didn't even know how to order. I had to like figure it out. You ordered a large and and stuff, and I might have used the word crap. <laughs> you put some of that raspberry crap, crap in, in there, and then I was like, I lost a bet. I gotta drink this crap, and I maybe the way I was dressed, maybe my voice. I don't know, but yeah, she she disappeared. Apparently, I think I triggered her. Apparently, flannel shirts and testosterone yeah. are triggering. Yep, and she disappeared, and then some other young girl had to bring me my coffee because she's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know what happened. <laughs> she's just gone. <clears throat> she went to play with her fidget spinner. In the yeah, I'm sad. It's like, okay, just yeah. give me my drink so I can go. Yeah, I just want to leave. <clears throat> drink this floofy crap. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so we, we did the thing. Um, we fulfilled our obligation. We fulfilled our obligation. I can't say that I'm now a Frappuccino lover, but even you know. even less... Even Likely what? to drink it again. Yeah, agreed. All right, man, you got anything else for Jiu-Jitsu Corner? Nah, man. All right, we will be right back after this work from our sponsor. And we're back. All right, so Jerry, you got a seriously for us today? We're going to go with your mini rant first. Okay, my mini rant. So I got a little annoyed online the other day, and I'm going to try to keep names out of it. But um, social media will do that to you. Social media will do that to you. We were we were having a discussion, um, and a, a gentleman online brought up John Jones as the paragon of Christian virtue, and and his statement. And, and I, I questioned him on that, and his statement was, "He's made his beliefs known," and that kind of irritated me because. I am sick of people being satisfied with what people say and not what they do. That's half of the problem that we've got in this world today is that people claim that they're one thing, but their actions prove that they're something else. And if you want to go back to the Bible, you can go back to James 2, 14 through 26, where it says, thus also... Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. And I'm, I'm really annoyed with people who talk the talk and don't walk the walk. And, and accept it from other people. That's the thing wasn't that bothers it, me the most. Wasn't it Shakespeare said the devil can quote the Bible for his own need, for yeah. his needs? I mean, anybody can quote it. Don't mean they believe it. Yeah. How many, people, how many wars did it start in the name of God? 
Well, and, and so again, do you? I mean, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yes, yeah. you know they're using because John Jones, when he was fighting Daniel Cormier, and he <clears throat> I hate to tell the guy, he was mocking Daniel Cormier. Daniel Cormier, you know, is puts his beliefs and his faith out there, but Daniel Cormier lives that life. Yeah. John Jones was doing cocaine and hookers, and then saying, "Oh yeah, you know, you know, follow my, you know, Lord and Savior." Yeah, John yeah, three sixteen like, or whatever. It's like he was mocking Daniel Cormier because literally he would sit there and insult Cormier, Cormier's family, Cormier's faith, and then you know he's like, "Yeah, I'm doing cocaine and hookers." It's like, yeah, yeah, okay. <clears throat> so, yeah, it it just bugs me because you see it online, you see it in in life, right? You, you hear people say. Oh, nobody will outwork me. You know, I'm the hardest worker in the room, yeah. and they're coming in late or they're clocking out early, or, you know, I love my wife, and it turns out he's, you know, doing whatever with the secretary. And, and as a society, we just tolerate it. Yeah. it. Nobody is holding anybody to account for their bullshit. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's, that's one of the great things well, about they, Or they make it, or allow them to make it, or they make excuses and offend them. I mean, Oh, yeah, or they get offended when they get called on their crap. Yeah, I mean, you, and then they become the victim. I mean, we had, <clears throat> there's a Stanford law professor who attacked Johnny Depp's lawyer, his female lawyer. You know, this is a female <laughs> professor for her defending Johnny Depp and talking about how she was just making, you know, trying to be subjugated by men. And oh, all this stuff, and literally, it's just sense. like really, you know, and then how demeaning it was for her to represent Johnny Depp, and it's just like people were like called her out. I was like, and then of course now, and then it goes to, you know, how dare you challenge my views, even though I made them public? You, uh, you, you're not allowed to challenge me on it and say why this is, why I think what you said is crap, and then it, and it goes and it goes right to the standard defense as well. Johnny Depp's Pirates of the Caribbean was the dumbest thing I've ever seen, and all his fans are, are anti-women, anti-black. Huh? It's like, yeah, it's like, wait, what? What? And it's like, how, how did we get there from you attacking his lawyer for being a woman, defending a man, and, you know, representing Johnny Depp in, this, in his lawsuit? Didn't defend, he wasn't, she wasn't defending Johnny Depp, she was representing him in his uh, prosecution of his case against Amber Heard for slander. And then she attacked her for doing it. And it's like, why? And this, oh, and this, then you, you go and you look, and it's like she supports Amber Heard. She's, I stand with Amber Heard, and, you know, men, all men are this and this and this. All men want to rape you, beat you, do this to you. And women subrogate themselves so that they don't get raped and beat. It's like, okay, that's, you're, you're making some real broad generations. Yeah. And now that people are challenging you, oh, my God, now, okay, oh, all his fans are, are women haters and bigots. It's like, dude, that's you know. That, that's a bit of a leap. And that's then, then of course, thin. then you block all comments. You no, no longer allow people to comment on your post. But words, it's just like words, you know. But some people were like, oh yay, you know, we're all happy with what she said. It's like you're not even going to challenge her, and they don't. They don't. I mean, politicians will say crap, and people will cheer them on, or some social media star, some actress or actor will say some god-awful thing and people will just cheer it on whether they're actually living their life that way or not yeah i mean i love what was it someone put out uh i can't you know i'm not gonna say her name but she was putting out how she i start my morning every day with alkaline water you know because it's great for you and then she's putting 
uh, lemon juice in it. It's like, uh, you understand? And people are like, oh my God, that's so great. I'm going to start drinking that. And then somebody at the bottom is like, you do you realize. Just, you just destroyed the whole point of that. Yeah. The, you, 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 you killed the alkaline with adding that. The acid. It's like, it's, and yeah. you people have no idea. And you're all, oh yeah, I'm going to do that. And I've been doing this for weeks now and I feel so great. You're just drinking lemon water, man. Yeah, which would do a lot of people yeah. some good, but but it's just the fact that but because someone put it out there, you know, or you know, just words, man. Words, yeah. words, and, just and words, it, man. It's, and, and that's what we're coming down to, man. It's just words. It's just, it's just words. It's just feeling. It's just posturing. If you if you believe what you believe, and you live it, I can at least respect you. I might not agree with you. But if you, like I said, if if you live your beliefs, I can at least respect. It. Well, it's like, all right, we go with this. Where you know the kneeling, doing the American anthem, and people were like one side or the other. There's really no, you know. And then I remember being asked, you know, what my viewpoint was, and then people were shocked when I was like, it's his right to do it. I don't have to like it, but it's yeah. his right. But it's also my right to say, you know, his the same protection the same rights that gives him the ability or her the ability to kneel is also the same right that says i can say fuck you for doing it but i understand you know but you have the right to do it i'm not going to hit you i'm not going to fight you unless you piss on the flag then we got a different yeah then if you want to kneel on the anthem fine you start trying to destroy your flag in front of me we might have a disagreement but that's a different conversation um but but people didn't understand. They're like, well, oh my God, what do you mean? It's like, dude, we have a constitution. Yeah. And it's, I don't have to like your viewpoints, but you have a right to them. I'm not going to force my viewpoint down your throat. Because that's, and that's the world we live in. If you do not follow lockstep with what I said, you're the end of the world. And it was funny, uh, someone, po- it was hilarious, someone had tweeted out, and then the response was even better, was, well, if Socrates was alive today, he'd be canceled for the stuff he says. And someone was like, dude, they killed him. Yeah. Do you, I'm pretty sure that's, that's the ultimate cancel. They killed him for his views back then. I, I don't think he'd be worried about someone canceling him on social media. They killed him for it. Yeah. It's like he, he wanna, had the courage of his convictions. You, you might, you, you might want to do a little research before you start making stupid comments. Yeah. And it's like, you know. Yeah, words, man, words. And social media has made it so bad. Yeah. In the what? dumpster fires that I have to, like, avoid. Oh, God. That I have to turn my my, my, my eyes away from and just, like, I'm not going to comment. I'm not going to get involved because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to that dark, dark, dark path. Well, and, you know, you, you talked about the kneeling thing, yeah. right? And, and I, you and I are of the same mind on that, right? Don't like it. You know, they have the right to do it. The market will decide whether or not you know it's a thing but when you got when you then get to the point where people who don't want to do it are being forced are being being forced to do it are being punished or punished it's like okay so again it's words not you want them to say the thing that you want them to say whether they believe it or not just so you're you feel better yep right it's it's the same thing they're they not, want the platitude. They yes, thank you. They want the platitude. We we stand with we stand with Ukraine. We stand with this. Our thought our thoughts and prayers. But are we going to actually do something? We see it right now. Like I said, we we we've we've had two two real bad shootings 
lately and people are oh we should ban all guns we, and that's where they go to it's like well how about we take a second and look at what these two boys were involved in both were visited by the police okay so why did you know both were making terroristic threats the one in buffalo had been arrested and detained and then released and the police said he represents no threat yeah. to anybody then he goes on a mass shooting spree the gentleman in, in uvalde texas was making threats, threatening to kill girls who would not go out with him, making some really bad threats. People were concerned, and they did nothing about it. And then he shoots up a school. And Carrying bags of, bags of dead cats around. And then he's like, well, well, but we'll ban the gun. Okay, what was that going to do to you? What does banning a gun do for you? It makes you feel good, but what what's at the root of the problem? And then, you know, when people, and then they blame a group. I mean, what they had the NRA convention, and luckily it was already pre, pre-scheduled, and it was the week after the shooting. And, of course, protesters showed up, and one of the best responses was Black Rambo. If you don't follow him on Instagram, yeah. follow him. Dude is awesome. Prior service Marine, Semper Fi brother. He's also a really good gun advocate. He's really good, but he's also very involved in stuff. And he walked over and challenged these protesters point blank. And it was hilarious. They were screaming and yelling at people until him and his guys walked over. And he even made a joke because he went on Instagram live to do this. And he's like, "They they don't want to they don't want to scream at the black man. They're they're afraid to be caught on video yelling at a black guy." <laughs> and he challenged them on their views. And he challenged them on the fact that they're holding these signs up for the Texas shooting, but they didn't say anything about Buffalo. He's like, "Well, what about what about all the people that died in Buffalo? They don't matter." Yeah. He's like, what about that? What about that? And then they're like, oh, well, there's people in the back. He's with a sign, I think. Why they in the back? Well, I mean, black people don't matter. And he's just like, he's challenging these people. And he's asking them questions. And he's like, so, you know, if I'm, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to ban all cars because I go out here and kill someone with my car. You're not going to take away everybody else's right, right to drive. He's like, so why should I give up my rights to protect myself? Oh, well, no, no, we're just, we're, we think this is wrong. You don't need this. That's what the cops are for. Really, these same group of people, these, think about this, these same politicians that are screaming about gun, new gun laws don't enforce the gun laws we have, and they're just screaming about defunding the police. So you're supposed to wait around for 35, 40 minutes while your <coughs> wife's getting beaten and attacked because you can't defend yourself while you wait on a cop to show up. Well, You've seen how the cops responded to the Texas shooting. When you also, nobody seems to want to remember the Supreme, everybody's down on the Supreme Court. Nobody wants to remember the Supreme Court case recently, what, in the last two years? That ruled that that cops do not have to risk their lives for you. The Florida, the Parkland Parkland shooting, that the cop that was fired for refusing to go in there, and he was fired for it, and then he got, he won a lawsuit, won money for wrongful termination, and they rule that hey, he's, there's no obligation that he has to sacrifice his life for you. To, yeah, to defend the you police's or your job life. isn't to defend you; it's to investigate crimes and prosecute. Mm-hmm. People forget that they're not there to protect you; they're there to clean it up. Now, don't get us wrong; we yeah. we are we are supporters that, of the police. There's not enough of them the out there. Yeah, well, and and these districts that are are uh, defunding them and taking away their money, there's even less of them. So how can they how they can how can they respond to your crime in thirty seconds? You know how it don't take a whole lot of time, and they're like, "Well, if we ban this kind of gun, it won't happen." Okay, one of the worst massacres in our recent history happened in Africa, and mostly was carried out with machetes. Yep, machetes. They killed hundreds of thousands of people with machetes. A few guns might have kept these people alive. 
these families that were murdered with machetes. They had very few guns. They just used machetes and chopped each other up. And this was 20 years ago? Yep. And the same, the same politicians that are screaming to give up our rights to protect ourselves and we don't need to protect ourselves are the same ones sending automatic weapons to civilians in Ukraine. Yep, because they have to fight back. But yeah, you know, it's a different level. Oh, well, we'll never have that kind of tyranny here. Yeah, because we have a right to defend ourselves from that tyranny. And it's just, again, po- you know, I'm trying to get in politics, but this stuff frustrates me. That, I mean, you want to want to talk about my, my seriously? Fine. There, we, we talk about gun laws, and they keep wanting to talk about new gun laws, and this gun law, ban this, ban that, okay? New York City, late last year, you had a 16-year-old boy that was uh, stopped by police. The police were called because there was a group of, my, uh, of juveniles hanging out on the street corners in the nighttime. They were apparently... People were concerned what they were doing. The cops roll up just to see what's going on. And six-year-old boy, you know, when they're asked for his ID, he runs. Cop chases him, and the ensuing uh, scruffle to get him under control. The kid, you know, he claims he was drawing the pistol out of his waistband to throw it away, but he shoots himself through the thigh, and it hits the cop in the stomach. Yep. So here's a 16-year-old kid with any handgun in his waistband. So that right there is like five felonies. New York City, which it has strict gun laws, so there's more charges, shoots himself in a cop, so that's a charge. What happens? They release the kid, because this happens like a Friday or Saturday night, they release the kid Monday morning on, with no, on a low bell, and then they announced the week, the same week we have the Buffalo shooting, that they're not going to charge the kid with anything because it was the cop's fault for chasing him. Yep. So don't tell me, don't don't believe this pandering crap about, oh, well, gun laws will help. We've got thousands of laws on the books. Murder's illegal, people. Mm-hmm. So how is banning a gun going to change murder? And I've seen, you know, some, some people have argued, well, it might slow them down a little bit. They can kill as many people. Uh, okay. And then people are like, well, Europe banned guns. Yeah. Knife crimes went up 5,000%. So now what do we do? Oh, well, you can't own a knife more than two inches long and has a point on it. You can't, in London... The cops were going around seizing chef's knives. In London, they won't give you a steak knife to cut your own food up. The chef has to cut it up in the kitchen, and the knife, and he's the only person allowed to touch it. And it has, you know, they have to, and this, it's like being in prison. They have to cut your steak up because they won't give you a steak knife. But hey, hey, let's ban guns. Well, you know, people seem to forget, and it's easy to forget, the worst school massacre in American history was the Bath School disaster in 1927. Killed 36 elementary, or 38 elementary school kids, six teachers, and injured 58 other people. It was done with dynamite. Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma City? Yeah. With a shit bomb. How many <laughs> kids did he kill? Yep. How many people did he kill? 9-11. How many people died? That was Bo- an airplane. Box cutters. Yep. Box cutters in an airplane. Uh, we have trucks drive. We had a gentleman kill kids with a truck at a Christmas at parade. A, yep. And we just, we overlooked that one. That one just, all kinds of got quiet because it wasn't a gun. But he killed a lot of people. Well, Hurt yeah. a lot of people with it. And uh, you know what they did? They blamed the cops. 
oh, well, the cops were chasing him. No, they weren't. They, he was not under any pursuit. He chose to go down that path. Not until they weren't chasing him until he started running, running through, through the parade. Yeah. But they but it's, they gave they're trying to give him a pass. And it's funny, Buffalo shooter, it's the shooter's fault. Then in the shooting in Texas, they went really hard to blame the gun and give the kid a pass because he was being bullied. He comes from a poor family. He's this, he's that, but yet somehow he got you know five thousand dollars to buy two Daniel defense guns. And they're like, well, you know, we need to change the age to 21 to buy an AR. It's already that way in, in our home state of Virginia. Okay. Back, and they're like, well, you need to close all these loopholes and background checks. Dude, I have to do a background check. There are no- I, have to prov- I have to provide two proofs of ID to buy a gun and wait for a background check. I have to fill out multiple forms, and they call it in. It's funny. Some of these states that have uh, high gun crime... Like California, California have the most restrictive. But gun California laws. doesn't does not do the Collins. They do not. They are not. They do not use Interpol in the federal database. They do not do it. Why? Because some of those people might not be allowed to buy a gun legally. And remember, the same politicians that are screaming about gun laws blocked a compromise last year because all the all one party was one to ban this and this, and the other party, the minority party, what is and the Democrats wanted to ban guns, Republicans are like, fine, we'll agree to some of this, but this is what we want. We want stricter punishments and for gun crimes, and we want if an illegal attempts to buy a gun, they are immediately immediately uh, ICE should be notified and they should be. Uh, subject to deportation because one they're already here illegally and two they're not allowed to buy a gun and and the democrats said no because they didn't want them punished now they're more than willing to punish an american but when we can't punish someone illegally who's breaking federal law one by being here illegally and two by buying a gun oh no 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 we don't want to punish those people we we, 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 we're we're not going to do that and then the same, our, our current president and a lot of these you know a lot of these mouthpieces out there ran on social justice reforms that removed mandatory gun sentences. We had mandatory punishment. Mm-hmm. If you're caught with a gun in the commission of a crime, this is automatically you get dismissed years. If you're a felon in possession of a firearm, you automatically get this many years. Period. Then the rest of your time, and they get re- they wanted to get rid of all that. Because that's not fair. Well, okay, and then they're like, well, we don't understand what gun crime. You're not punishing them. There's no punishment if a felon's carrying a gun. They normally drop that charge so they don't get the three strikes against you or get the felony charge. They drop it. He uses a gun and he has a possession, an illegal felon in the possession of a firearm. You know, they catch him for doing other stuff and they drop that gun charge so they don't have to charge him with a felony and you don't get a mandatory minimum. And they can drop it to a misdemeanor. And you see it all the time. Gun gun crime, they're like, well, gun crime charges are up. Not really. New York City had so many backlog gun crimes, they actually started a gun court. And most of them are being plea bargained. Yeah. There are so many cases that are just plea bargaining people out to misdemeanors. Well, and the thing that I don't understand is you, you hear 
a lot of them talk about, oh, well, you have to get training or, or training. I'm fine with that. There's, there's people out there I do not think should I, own a gun because they have, they couldn't dump water out of a boot if the instructions were on the heel. This is true. But, I'm fine with you having, I'm fine with training. I'm fine with making it mandatory. I think people should be trained. There's a lot of people in this world, and there's a huge, uh, there's majority of the gun Enthusiasts, advocates Agree will that. tell you, yes. you don't need a $5,000 gun. You need a $1,000 gun and $4,000 of training. training. Yeah. You need training. You, I mean, you watch these people, and I've been to the range, and these people, there's, I hate going to a public range because you always have these oh, idiots God, out there that are just blaring away. They have no idea what they're doing. It's like you're, oh, my God. And, yeah, there should be restrictions in Virginia. You have to, you know, to get a concealed carry, you have to have had either hunter safety or a training course. And they, they're going to make it a little harder. Uh, I'm fine with that. I'm, I'm fine with having training because yeah. if you're carrying a gun, I want to make sure you're not going to – you know how to use it. Yeah. Well, and that's, but that, that's my point is they keep saying training. Would training have stopped this, any no. of these shooters? It's just it's 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 is it, it's the it, same thing as thoughts and prayers. Yeah, are they gonna go? I'm, are they gonna go through a training program? Be like, I really shouldn't shoot. I really shouldn't shoot anybody because I've only, gone and got this training. You're you're truly talking about it's evil. You're, evil will find a way. Yeah, I mean you're you're talking you're talking about only putting restrictions on the law-abiding citizens that are already following the laws. Yes, you're not putting restrictions on the criminal. And this idea that if we ban something, somehow it's going to magically disappear. The only way, if you ban them, the only way is you're going to have to go to, go to seizure. And that's that's not going to turn and out that's, well. And that's not going to happen in our country. I mean, several states have tried. They've like, hey, we we want you to turn them over, and like what, uh, and you have three to five percent. Compliance. The rest of them are lost in boating accidents. Yeah, or because it's just, and the Second Amendment, you know, the Supreme Court has ruled that the government can't, you know, that they have, there, they can, there can be certain rules, but to a limit, they can't just decide we're going to ban this, 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 and this. No, there's got, you know, you can put uh, certain restrictions, but not blanket bans. On well, stuff. And, and the restrictions have, I mean, are supposed to be at the state and the local yeah, level, Col- not at the national level. Columbine happened during the during, assault, during assault the ban. Assault weapons ban, yep. Because they could still buy them. And the individual who bought those guns for those kids only got like, what, two years in prison? Yeah. She broke so many laws. In the state of Virginia, when you fill out your, your form, it flat out says, are you, they ask you a question, are you buying this gun for somebody who cannot buy it for themselves? It's called a straw purchase. It's supposed to be a felony. Guess what? Most states don't punish people for it. Yep. You'll see, well, this felon got this gun. How? And then you'll be, maybe see, a, a, maybe in the initial story, you know, his girlfriend bought it for him. Somebody else bought it for him and gave it to him. Does that, does that person get charged? Nope. Very rare. And you, you, it's just hilarious when you see these people. You'll see a crime reported. And then if you pay attention later on, you see that the guy got convicted they drop all charges and he pleads to a misdemeanor or he pleads to one felony and they drop the gun charge. I mean, Eric Holder, when he was in charge of the DOJ, pushed the pushed for them not to charge 
for gun crimes, especially on the federal level, because it would put people away mandatory minimums. One of the best, and I heard this suggestion just yesterday, and it was really the first creative suggestion mm -hmm. that I heard that made sense. And it was opening up juvenile arrest records to the background check uh, it, uh, at a certain age, right? Like if you're 18, 19, 20, 21, opening up the juvenile criminal history to the background check. Yes, at 21, yeah. it, you know, it's just the adult record. But the, 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 the um, Uvalde kid, yeah. right? If they would have been able to open up the background check well, to... Now, even worse than that. How many people, the Buffalo shooter, Involde shooter, and I think I think all but one shooter, mass shooter in the last ten years have all been on some kind of psych, uh, psychotropic drug, yeah, drug. all of them. So and we're not having that conversation. And but yet there, and it's federally illegal for for that to be used against them. They cannot. I mean, that's one of the worst things we've ever they ever did was they can a doctor cannot say, hey, this person is is. And he is on some serious crap. Yeah. Is making some serious things, you know, talking about killing people. Maybe we should do something. And, you know, if someone's being investigated for, for, for making terroristic threats, you would think, especially when the FBI investigated the kid in Buffalo. Yeah, and all of these all, kids. Oh, yeah, the last, what, 10 of the last 15 shooters have all been known by the FBI. FBI, yeah. Oh, yeah, the FBI was aware of this person. And they still manage to do all this. So where's, what's the FBI doing? I mean, coming in to clean up? Ignoring rapists? Um, that's a yeah. whole other story. With yeah. Well, yeah, they just, that was, well, that, that was going to be my seriously this week. But we can get right into that. <laughs> yeah, uh, let's do it. Young ladies from the uh, gymnastics team has filed a lawsuit against the FBI because they basically covered up rape. For a long period of time to protect certain things. They knew that that doctor was raping these young girls for a long time, and the FBI covered it up. Are we going to find out by who orders? I hope so, because they filed a massive lawsuit, and this is this $1 billion, billion to be split amongst all victims. And these girls aren't using it, doing it for the money. They're doing it to get their name out there. I mean, these young girls are having to relive this stuff. And when this guy, found, you know, he finally went to jail a couple years ago, there were fathers who were just learning about this stuff that day and, and what their daughters went through. There's several fathers that had to be escorted from the courtroom because they, they lost were, it. They were going to kill him. They had to have the guy under protection because daddies were going to kill him. That would have been an okay out, outcome for me. But, yeah. but this... And that, you know, FBI's job is to protect people. And yet they look the other way while these girls are being raped. Why? Because we want to win. It would be an embarrassment to the International Olympic Committee if they find out that our doctor is raping these young girls. It would be an embarrassment. We might not be able to medal this year. Our Olympic team would be devastated. It would look bad. So we're just going to pretend like it's not happening and let him have more victims. Until finally it blows up. And now the FBI is like, oh, well, you, 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 uh, well uh, we shouldn't be held responsible. Well, you, your job is to pro prosecute. They knew he was doing this, yep. and they did nothing about it. Again, 
hey, we knew about that shooter, but we really, uh, you know. What are we supposed to do? I mean, now I understand. And, and, and yes, we, you can't lock people up for what they say. But they, but you, but if he goes to try and buy a gun, there should be a little red flag that says "bread pause." Yeah. Because in Virginia, if they even have a moment of question, they would delay you buying that gun. They'll say, "Nope, can't sell it to you." Mm-hmm. Uh, you got a flag. Uh, something. Something come up, or they miss something, or they're just yep. There's a flag. We'll, we'll let you know if something clears. And if nothing does, you get a visit from either your local cop or a state trooper comes to your house and says, hey, why are you trying to buy a gun? You're not allowed to. Yeah. What's going on? So why can't that happen with these people? If the FBI are concerned, why can't they flag them? And then, because we can keep people from flying on airplanes. Yeah. Why can't we keep them from buying guns? I'm, you know, if someone's concerned, yeah, I mean, I know it's, it's weird because you do have to worry about politicizing the FBI and here lately that's what what they've become of them marking the wrong people just because they don't like certain people they can be like oh well we don't want him to buy gun click 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 and then you have lawsuits because I mean you have people get banned from flying on airplanes and they had to go to court to get their name removed because they were the no fly list they were accidentally placed on their no fly list because their name resembled someone else's or because somebody was mad at them and someone added them to the list so yes you you'll have crap like that it's like the red flag laws People think red flag laws are good because if someone's worried, the cops can come to your house, pick up the guns. Problem is, a lot of these red flag laws are so broad. Nobody can do it. I could call on my neighbor because I don't like him and say, "Oh, he he's doing something." The cops will show up at his house and take his guns for no reason, and then he has to prove that he didn't do anything. Yeah. And all it is because I don't like him. I mean, how they've had so they had a lot of people get swatted because people don't like the fact that they own guns. So they were swatting them just because they're, they own guns. Or they, they had a woman, I think it was, was in it? Oklahoma, a woman called on her neighbor because he owned guns and she didn't like them. So she called and sw- called the police and said that he was on his porch with a gun. They kicked this poor guy's door in. He shot, he shoots a cop because the cops make a mistake and not say police. And instead of knocking, they go over there and kick his door in early in the morning and their gunfire goes back and forth. Well, you remember when... Uh Tim Poole, he was on the pot on his podcast and got swatted because somebody, some internet troll, doesn't like what he was talking about, and they called yep. the yep. the cops on him and swatted get him hurt. live. People die. Yeah, and that's those red flag laws. They need to be more, a little more precise in what what they're for. Like if a guy's got arrested for domestic violence and he beat his wife, cool. And you know, and it's not just you know someone in divorce like we had, you know, with, yeah. you know, here in the news with her and Depp, and we're just gonna make accusations to hurt each other. Eh. But if you arrest a victim, if if you have a victim and she's obviously, without a doubt, has been abused, go go. He he can't own guns anyway. Conviction of a domestic violence in Virginia, you lose all rights to guns. So, but yeah, my seriously is just. Is you know the you know the FBI overlooking rape and sexual assault on minors? Just why? So because of political ties? Because they didn't want to look bad? They don't want this doctor who has a lot of political pool and knew a lot of people? Didn't want things hitting hitting the airwaves? I mean, is that why? I mean, we you have power gets people away with stuff. I mean, Epstein, right up until he his final days. He'd been arrested for stuff like this before and was allowed to be on house arrest by the governor of New York and then allowed to leave the country 
yeah. to go on trips because he was friends with the governor and helped support him and got him elected, and, you know, and he has money and all these people, and he had fundraisers for politicians, and he knew, and so they looked the other way. And the FBI apparently looked the other way for a long period of time, and all these, all these young girls were raped. Yep. And, I mean, remember... I mean, I'm not going to name names because I don't, you know, they, they can tell their own stories and people will see it. But the one young lady, she was like, when it happened, she went and told another, an older teammate who was more of like a coach now. And she was like, oh, yeah, it, it, it is what it is. Just bury it and deal with it. Like it's awful. basically, it was basically, oh, yeah, that's just a rite of passage to be on the Olympic team. You're going, he's going to. He'll do it he's, again. He's going to rape you. If you want to be on this team, you need to just pretend like it didn't happen. Don't tell nobody and just suck it up. It's like, wait, what? No, no. It's like that's not how, you know, and our FBI overlooked all this evidence and never did nothing about it until it blew up and they didn't have a choice. And now they're like, well, can't believe, you know, and they're they're trying to shove off a billion-dollar lawsuit like they have immunity. They shouldn't be prosecuted for what they're doing. And then, you know, and I guarantee you, we'll see the, the horse and pony show. They'll start, you know, showing, look, well, look, we're arresting all these people over here for things. Don't look at this because we actually didn't protect these women here. Oh, we're hard on this, but yeah, over here, we're really not, you know, yeah, don't, don't, look, don't look behind the curtain, man. Dorothy, don't look behind the curtain. It, it's, it's getting to the point where when you watch the news, you have to wonder what is it they're trying to distract you from? Yeah, and what they're trying to get you to believe. Yeah. How badly are they trying, pushing for, to get you to believe what they want you to believe and what, what the talking points are? I loved the, uh, and I know you know the movie, but I love the movie They Live. Yeah. And yep. I'm just going to leave it at that. If y'all don't know what we're saying, Roddy Piper, a great movie, but it, it's, you're living it now. And it, and you're we're living that world now. Yep. I don't think we have lizard people in charge of our government, but I'm just saying that that movie makes sense. Yep. I mean, you, it it makes a lot of sense because there's a whole lot of horse and pony show. Yep. I mean, and and it, we're getting and name calling. You have you know people. That's what we do now. And then you just just despair someone who doesn't agree with you. And if someone doesn't toe the line, you force them out. And how dare someone be in the middle? Either you're one side or the other, and there's no in-between. And you're not allowed to be friends with someone who's on the other side. Yeah, heaven forbid you discuss your differences and try to figure out where the other person stands. Yeah. And, you know, try to so come, when, come to... When the FBI covers up rape of young girls. And now you're, we're talking about young girls, 13, 14, 15, 16. And a lot of these girls, you know... Were the, complained and it talked about it and they were told to shut up if they want to remain on the team. It's I know. It I've was basically a requirement for them to allow this dude to have sex with them just so they can be on the team. That's how messed up this whole thing is. And y'all know how we feel about this sort of stuff. Yeah. And this is young girls. This ain't adults. These are young women being forced into a position where you just have to deal with it. And he, could, and he knew he could get away with it. And he got away with it for decades. We don't even know. I mean, hundreds of girls he victimized. Hundreds. And he didn't get punished till he's like, what, 70? Yeah. 
He's going to serve, what, a few years in prison before he dies? If he makes it that long, they're going to have to put him in, in, I mean, in solitary. And yet to get any kind of justice, they're going to have to, they had to file this lawsuit. And they're going to have to figure out why this was blocked, why this investigation was blocked. Who decided that it was a good thing to block this? Who pulled that string? Who blocked it? Because the rank and file FBI, there's got to be someone in there who's going to be like, yeah, dude, we wanted to prosecute him. We wanted to arrest him. And we and were told Somebody, no. yeah, told, said no. We were told no. This is going nowhere. Somebody blocked it. I mean, think about, I mean, and you, you want to talk about politicians? The sitting senator in a certain state used to be the prosecutor in that same state allowed then you know allowed that cop who killed George Floyd mm -hmm. to skate on so many charges prior of brutality as a police officer she could have kicked him off the force multiple times because this ain't the first individual that he victimized and then we get to a point to where George Floyd is killed I don't care what what you know yes he had a rough past but Dude, there he was in handcuffs. There was no need to sit on his neck, no matter what. He had already been, if he was resisting like the cop claims and it looked like he resisted a little bit, once he has him in handcuffs and on the ground, that's it. The dude's done. He was yeah. already done. He had already was compliant now. You had him in handcuffs. He's on the ground. There's no need to put your knee on his neck. And this son of a bitch, that cop should have been off the force years before. And now the senator from that same state who, oh, my God, I can't believe this happened, defended him repeatedly why and now you have it blow up and now you're acting like oh well i mean i can't believe this happened well you saw this happening fbi oh my god we can't believe we're being sued and we're not we're not going to discuss this lawsuit at this time when asked about it uh well but how did you not know this was going to be a problem when this case is being covered up i mean you've got elon musk saying hey somebody can somebody in the Justice Department, you know, y'all leak everything else? Can't y'all leak leak the list of clients for, for Epstein and Maxwell? Zay Maxwell, yeah. Can somebody do somebody? something? Because ain't nobody talking about who's on that list. Why? The only people that they've admitted to were on that list are dead. You had, you know, governor, and you had some people, and they were all dead. And then you have these this these fake lists that are flown around, and the problem is the people that are on that list. There's no way they could have been on Epstein Island because they yeah. were dead before Epstein was born. You know, you put Walt Disney, Errol Flynn. Dude, Errol Flynn was dead <laughs> way before, you know, this. Yeah. yeah. I mean, was his spirit? I mean, he was. So don't, but y'all got, you also got to watch people putting out this fake crap because it's just, they, they're going to and they'll share it and people believe it because it's on the internet because you can't lie on the internet. You know, people believe that too. Everything on the internet is good. That'd be true. Okay. Yeah, Errol Flynn died in 1959. Yeah, so yeah, I don't think he was on Epstein Island. But you got Prince Andrew. Yes, and he he paid it off. Yeah, he... Hey, I'm not going to admit to it, but I'm going to admit to the, yeah, you've got calls to be, sue me, here's some money, shut up. Yeah, but he um, also lost all of his rural charter. Well, because, yeah, because they, I mean, they don't want to face any more lawsuits because... This one got him. Who's next? Yeah. And, yeah, that's the only big name right now. And then Bill Gates. His wife filed, you know, she left him because of his of friendship thing, yeah. with Epstein. And nobody asks him about it. 
All they want to know is his opinion on eating meat and baby and, formula and, and all this vaccines. other crap and back, forcing vaccines and all that crap on people. No one bothers to ask him about his friendship with a convicted pedophile. Now, we'll, we'll say anybody that's friends with anybody who took part or encouraged the January 6th thing, all those people should go to prison. But hey, anybody who's friends with Epstein who's convicted... You know, pedophile, rapist, sex trafficker. Hey, we just pretend like that didn't happen. You are really good friends with him. That should be the first thing to ask Bill Gates in any interview. Can you? And no one, no one's asking him. No one's asking him. I mean, dude, your wife left you over some shit. Why? Well, they they claim it's the affair that he had with the woman that he. But she said that. What led to her issues was the fact that he was really cozy with with Epstein. Yeah. I mean, she said it. She has made that clear. So I'm not, we're not, I'm not making an accusation. I'm just saying what she has put out there. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, oh, we were just friends and business partners. Okay. Well, what did we do? But anyway. if, how dare you be friends with somebody else that could have been friends with somebody else that happened to be there for this? And oh my God, you, you endorsed that. Uh, uh, you know, so if you're friends with a friend of a friend, then you must be, be part of this group or you must be part of that group. And, but, so you know that that guy who is there is no three or four steps away. This guy was had empl- one of his employees was one of Epstein's girls. Go it's, look. If, if there's you, a lot of Epstein's girls that now have high profile husbands yeah. and high profile jobs. They the little quick pro quo with him. All these girls were adults. And when they did did do the thing with Epstein and they had their relationships with them, they were all normally college-age girls. But they all got rewarded for it. Go look at uh, John Calhoun's Mouse Utopia study from back in the 60s. It's, maybe we'll talk about that on another show. But yeah. it's a, uh, let's just say the rats get bigger and they all have Instagram now. Yep, basically. And just because... And, and and we you know Scott hit on it earlier, man. Don't believe what you see on Instagram. Don't believe what you see on social media. I can go out here right now and pose in front of somebody else's car and claim it's mine. I can th- send a lot of smoke and mirrors up your ass, and that's just like we said. That's just words. It's all in the deeds. Yep. I can I can put a, I can put people. I've had people like man. You put pictures up of you training because I like to, man. Because I like to. Are we charging money for it? And then, you know, one and one guy was like, man, it's hard. And the best one I got was a dude on Twitter was like, it's hard to take a good picture after training. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I always look tired because I've just went hard for two or three hours. You don't take a pretty picture after jujitsu. Every picture Jerry and I have ever took of each other, like together after training, we look like we're stoned or dead or both. It's just like you got that sweaty, red-faced, hairs all mussed up, my beard is in three directions. I'm covered in sweat, and I'm like, yeah. This is awesome. And it's we just, look great. And, and you're you like, that, shit. People like me, and you, you, know, you look rough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just trying to murder my friends for Simulated three hours. murder for the, yeah. So yeah, I, I should look rough. If I if I look if I don't look sweaty and tired after jujitsu, we didn't do it. Yeah, right. You, when you see people post these pictures and like, I just had a hard workout, and they're not sweaty and dirty. Really, what did you work out, man? Did you take a shower afterwards? Then posing, because I understand, but don't don't tell me you you just had this hardcore four hour workout and you're not dripping in sweat because, you know, I love you. I I believe the people when you see them because they're. 
who when they put the pictures up, like, you know, Jocko, he just takes a picture of the sweat puddle. Yeah. Cameron Haynes is covered in sweat and dying. He's like, <gasps> breathing hard. David Goggins, I mean, you know, he'll show you why he's running. Well, and, and you know, shout out to Becky and Joe, yeah. right? They'll yep. post their, their, Sweaty, their post-jujitsu yep. pictures. Jujitsu hair, don't yep. care. And it's, you know, hair's all over the place. The rash guard's sweaty. Yep. You know, they're not, you know, it's, it's not the Instagram model making the duck face with the butt stick out. Just had three hard hours at the gym and, you know, the makeup's still on. Perfect, yeah. It's yeah. like, okay. So, I, yeah, I sure, okay. Did you take that picture before? Just be honest. Hey, this is me before I started training. This is what I look like now. And... and there was a, a young lady who uh, she put one up. She's like, and it was a reply to all these Instagram people who posted. I just had a hard workout, or I changed jujitsu today, or I did this, and that's they're perfect. She literally stood there and wrung out her rash Fish guard, and you could just. She's like, this is three hours of jujitsu, and just wringing out the sweat from her rash guard, and she's like, that's three hours. Yep. She's like, don't don't tell me. That you look perfect and you're doing no gi today and and that outfit you're wearing, yeah, it, and that it, you're perfectly and that it's not sweaty, dirty, and mussed up because you're gonna look rough. And yeah, I take those pictures because I don't care what I'm not. I'm not on there to get followers because I'm cute and I'm adorable. You're I'm adorable, on there, Jerry. I'm on, I'm on there to show people that even at 45, I'm still trying to get after it. And it's just I, I enjoy. I just enjoy sharing it, man. I mean, you know, yeah. if you're offended. Look away. Yeah. Don't follow. Don't follow me. And that's, I had a conversation with somebody, you know, and they said, man, that they don't understand why you're still here. That every time they post something, they, there's always someone bashing them. They're like, why are you still here then? So because, and I, I told them, like, because people would rather belittle you and try to bring you down than lift themselves up. Mm-hmm. Because they can't get there, or they, they'll make excuses. So they're going to belittle you instead of make themselves better. Crabs and you'll pot. see that. You'll see that. They're, yeah, crab, a crab will pull one, one out. They're like, We're, you're going to die. You ain't getting away. You're going to die too. Yep. I can't get out, so you can't get out either. We're all going down together. And almost like everybody holding the, hand, the handle of the bucket as we go down. If you're not a little freaked out that you like left your gym bag in the car for an extra hour after practice, yeah. you haven't worked out hard enough. If you're worried, if you're not worried, yeah, you don't want to open that thing up. Yeah, you don't. You, you're not looking forward to you opening didn't that bag. Work out hard enough. And you're wondering if I could afford. You know, can I afford just to throw this gi away because <laughs> it's gonna stink? I have. I my gi goes right into the washing machine as soon as I get home, and I dread. If I if I if we run late in class because I work nights, that if I we run over in class and I have to go straight to work from here and I can't take my gi home because I know that when I drive home the next morning yep. I'm going to be smelling the night before. Yep. And the funny thing, and my wife laughs because she's like, she's like it's, it wouldn't be so bad if it was just your sweat, but she's like <laughs> I know it's not just your sweat. So I yep. I try to take the gi out myself and don't make her handle it because that's she gets the heebie-jeebies because she's like it's not just your sweat. <laughs> She's like, I can deal with your sweat, baby. I, it's everybody else's sweat. It's like, guy the other day had blood stain on his on his gi last night, and I was like, you know, I was like, I don't mind when there's when it's, as long as it, I'm not bleeding my own blood. It's if it's somebody else's blood stain, then that's a badge. And my wife's like, you got any blood on your gi? You know, and she'll look on my sleeves and everywhere to make sure there's no blood she needs to rub out, because you know it it happens. And as long as it ain't mine, I don't care. Yep. I had one. I had one guy tell me. He said, "You really ought to let your gi dry out before you wash it." No, dude. I tried that one time. That was the biggest mistake. And it of gets my rough life. if you do it. It yes. gets rough. Oh, it's you want to wash it, and it's just like 
I love going home and showing one, you know, pulling that gear out, and you just see it just like all slimy. It's like, yeah, this is what I did to my son. Like, what did you do in class today? And just pull out this gear, and it's just dri- it's still dripping. dripping. It's dripping. I did this. This is what I did. This is sacrifice. When it when it makes that wet towel noise yeah. when it hits the ground, it makes that. And noise. my wife, my wife's like, you always weigh yourself when you get home. I was like, yeah, I want to see how much I sweated out. <laughs> I try to track it. It's like, okay, so this is what I weighed before I went. I drank this much liquid, so I should be, you know, let's see, and then, oh, you know, I sweated out that much. That is awesome. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, I, I put it in tonight. And it, I'm disappointed when it's less. It's like, man, that must not win it's hard because I didn't really lose as much weight. Um, but I did take that shower and your body soaks up water. Yeah. Like a sponge. That's true. So, you you know, you can adjust it. We If I weighed myself in here, like if we stripped down, dried off, because you got to get that wet, and stripped down and like weighed ourselves afterwards, it would be funny. It would be kind of awkward. That would be funny, actually. But... You know, you would you probably see a huge difference. Like weigh yourself pre jujitsu, and then three hours later, especially if you have a hard roll with a bunch of people in here, then it's just like wow. Coach walks around the corner, he's like, "Hey, Whoa, what are you guys what doing? doing? Hey, we're comparing weight." Shit, shrivel up like a stack of dimes when you're dehydrated. Anyway, <laughs> you know, it looks alike. Uh, all right, man. You got anything else for nah, us? Nah, man. That was that was a good one. <laughs> all right. Well, so. We got a couple of good guests coming up. Um, I think we, I think it's safe to go ahead and announce it. We're going to have Big Guy Jiu-Jitsu yep. on the 26th. He's agreed to come on. Yep. Um, so that's going to be awesome. Jerry and I are still trying to line up a guest for uh, episode 100. Yeah. That's coming up here in a couple weeks. We just celebrated two years. Yep, we sure did. This week was two-year anniversary of our podcast. Woo. Yay! And, you know, it's funny, you know, I forgot about it until I seen, you know, a memory pop memory up. Memory popped was, up, yeah. It was like one year, and we were so bright, and it was, you know, one year then. It was like, wow, dude, we're two years in, 80-some episodes, and, and we're still enjoying, we're still, still having fun. Yep, still, and you're still here with us. Which and is, still amazed that we have people who want to listen to us and, yep. then, and stuff. It's, it's awesome. So keep it up, and we'll keep it up, and yep. we'll, we'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. So until then, I'm Scott Barker. He's Jerry Armitrail. Later. We're out. The music for tonight's episode was But I Am Shafts of Light by Mayeth from their album Wailing Village.